Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Bars. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Youth in Education podcast, where we explore developments in education, research and policy that affect young people, primarily in the UK, with a range of expert guests. This podcast is brought to you by the Centre for Education and Youth. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. For this episode, you're with me, Alex Robertson, and I'm at The Globe speaking to director Cressida Brown about her production of Macbeth which is especially designed for audiences of young people. The work is part of the Globe's Playing Shakespeare programme, which is especially designed to help young people who might not normally be able to access the theatre to get in front of the stage and really see the plays that they're studying in action. Free tickets are available for state schools based in London and in Birmingham, and teachers can bring their groups of students along and share the experience of the production together. The performance is 90 minutes long and aimed at young people aged 11 and up, and it will be running from the 27th of February till the 25th of March this year. Another part of the Playing Shakespeare programme is a collection of free online resources created by The Globe and available for schools to use with their pupils. They are designed to engage with language, character, themes and aspects of the performance. There are also free student workshops available alongside the online resources and continuing professional development sessions for teachers as well. It's a really great chance for young people to get to know Shakespeare, to really get involved in the action and generally to access some experiences that wouldn't normally be part of their day-to-day lives. It was great to talk to Cressida about her work and I hope you enjoy our discussion. Thanks so much for listening. The Centre for Education and Youth believes society should ensure all children and young people receive the support they need to make a fulfilling transition to adulthood. Find us at cfey.org. Okay, I'm here today at the Globe Theatre with Cressida Brown, who is directing a production of Shakespeare's Macbeth. The play is aimed at audiences of young people aged 11 and up and is part of the Globe's Playing Shakespeare project. Cressida, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, Thank you for having me. Very much our pleasure and great to meet you. Perhaps we could start off by if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and Mm -hmm. how you got involved in this project in the first place. Sure. So I'm a theatre director, as you said. I started off doing site-specific theatre. So that means theatre that's not normally in a theatre setting. So I was quite adventurous when I was younger and I did plays in kind of derelict swimming pools or tower blocks or even the ruins of castles. And yeah, it it was a really actually great training for this because one of the things about Shakespeare's Globe is it's the architecture of the space that really kind of unlocks the play. It feels very much like a kind of site-specific venue, and that's partly because the lights don't go down, you're not in some kind of like technical design, it's just the actors in that space with the audience, which is, you know, really electrifying. Wonderful. It's a fantastic space to, to be able to put on production and wonderful for young people to come and see here as well because it's got Mm -hmm. such a lot of history and obviously Shakespeare is still a big part of the the curriculum. How do you feel that your production is different from some of the other plays that are happening at the Globe? Oh that's a very tricky question, Mm. I have to be very diplomatic. 
I mean, at the moment, it's going to be very cold uh, because um, we're, we're doing this in March. Um, so, you know, the audience, that, that, that they'll probably feel the weather. Apparently last year it was the, um, was it last year it was the beast from the east? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> you have to be quite dedicated to come. But, wrapped up warm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to be very wrapped up warm. But how does it differ? Do you think there's something specific about knowing that your audience is young people and there may be not as familiar or mm. not as passionate about Shakespeare as, as okay. a, an adult audience perhaps. Yeah, that's that's a really good question. So am I going to be changing it because it's a younger audience, I guess? The short answer is no. I think the last thing I want to do is patronise a young audience. The only thing that this play has to be in terms of being different if it was presented in front of an adult audience is it has to be clearer it has to be bolder and it has to be better. One of the things I love about young audiences, because I've done a lot of stuff at the Unicorn Theatre as well, is that there's absolutely no hypocrisy. So that means they won't lie to you. So if they don't like something, it's completely terrifying because they will tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas an adult audience might lie or they might think, oh, I'm going to look stupid if mm. I don't understand this. And, you know, this becomes this huge web of deceit around Shakespeare. But the younger audience will tell you, but why it's so addictive is also that they will tell you if it's really good as well, hopefully. Absolutely. So one of the things about the Globe space is that the audience feels so involved. In the Unicorn Theatre, it's quite interesting. We have signs all around saying, you can shout out and you can participate. Whereas at the Globe, they don't have any because that's yeah. so obvious, I think. Uh, the Unicorn Theatre is around the corner. It's in London Bridge. And uh, yeah, they do a kind of whole range of stuff for... One of their big mantras, actually, is about not patronising a younger audience and yeah. that actually adults should be able to enjoy this show as well. Adults should be able to enjoy shows for younger audiences. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm not changing it. I'm just going to try and make it better and clearer. And I've been working with my designer on that as well. And we are, it's all there. I mean, it's, you know, there's kind of violence and there's ambition and these are massive, you know, subjects. And, and yeah, we're not going to shy away from them. Wonderful. It is a gripping play. And I think. I've taught this actually in schools before oh, really? and it has always gone down well with students because as you say there's some of those really big themes that kids can draw on from lots of other culture that they absorb as well, films mm -hmm. and TV and books. Well we're making it very uh, Hunger Games-esque so Amazing. we, and the reason for that is not that we're trying to like you know, make some sort of connection with the uh, literature that the children are reading or the young people are reading is that actually it's in the text. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. It starts the, like, countries in civil war. Not only civil war, people are invading from all different, you know, the Norwegians are coming, Duncan the king, his own men are rebelling. So it is, it is already a battleground when we start. And as the play goes on, you don't know who, including Macbeth, doesn't know who is next. So we wanted to make it quite scrappy and sort of dystopian in its feel as well. Brilliant. Do you think sometimes we maybe underestimate what young people can actually access and enjoy for this type of kind of performance? Yeah, 100%. And I think we let ourselves off the hook and we say... 
oh, well, of course they won't understand it. It's Shakespeare. I have two things to say about that. First of all, I think that's because you therefore aren't being clear enough. You know, it's actually you, you as the adult or the director or the teacher or whatever, actually maybe the onus is on you. But also I think the second thing is in terms of Shakespeare, he was writing for a largely uneducated audience and also so people that were coming in and you know even some there was a fair amount of literacy but some people who couldn't read and write so it's not now this kind of like genius that we think of um, he was a self-consciously clever playwright trying to write the next hit you know yes. for you know so, so for a wide audience trying to get as many people as, as, as possible to access it, it, it exactly so mm. so actually I remember when I was at school and I used to get like we had to analyze the poetry of Lysander in Midsummer Night's Dream and we would kind of like look at the rhymes and I remember my teacher saying to me oh isn't you know isn't Lysander the poetry he tells isn't it beautiful and amazing and then the minute you put it in someone's mouth it sounds ridiculous and over the top and he sounds like a bit of an idiot and actually yeah. by the end he says it is not enough to speak but to speak true that is something that he has learned mm. and I wish that more young people had access to seeing Shakespeare because it's completely different to reading it it's always the silent people in a scene that reveal what that scene is not the person talking it's who they're talking to and especially in this space because a lot of the lines suddenly make sense when they're delivered to the audience rather than in a kind of filmic way in their heads yes i couldn't agree more and that is part of the purpose of the playing shakespeare project if i'm right is is about inclusion and, and accessing young people who maybe wouldn't have a chance to have this sort of experience mm -hmm. um in a normal context their school maybe can't afford to take whole classes to the theater and i know also that there have been some efforts to to make some changes for young people with special needs as well to be able mm -hmm. to to enjoy the performance can you tell me a little bit about uh, that side of the play and why you think it's important to make those adjustments yeah, sure. I think so. We have, for example, BSL performances, and that's British Sign Language. And there is a real effort to make the person that is signing part of the action in as much as possible. Of course, it's important because Shakespeare, we keep saying Shakespeare's for everyone, but then actually, if you're excluding a huge amount of people from watching or engaging, then that's, that's just a lie. Be lovely to hear about how it influences your decisions in terms of the actors you're working with and yeah. maybe how you prepare them as well for, for managing a kind of a slightly different audience what they might be useful and also perhaps after that we could think about um what do you think it means to those children for whom this is a kind of a, a one-off experience something really quite unusual if I start with the last one, sure. um, so what what does it mean for these children? I, I mean, I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, what do you hope? Yeah, yes. What I what do I what do I hope it means? What is wonderful when someone comes into contact with Shakespeare for the first time is that they don't know the rules, and suddenly you see Shakespeare yourself. I'm talking you as in me who has seen it a lot. <laughs> you see it with fresh eyes again. Mm. So 
it's interesting that uh, it's often talked about in terms of like, you know, what it's doing for these children, but actually their fresh vision and eyes, um, if they are encountering it for the first time, is allowing all the people who thought they knew Shakespeare to see it in a completely different way. I think that it's also about what it teaches us and about what the lines mean. And any theatre director will tell you that every single performance of any show differs. So sometimes people say, oh, I really didn't like that play. And, you know, generally, if you go and see a production, you generally, yeah, you can tell whether it's good or bad or not your cup of tea. But actually, sometimes them just seeing it on a different night <laughs> might mean it's not... It can make all the difference. It can make yeah. all the difference. It's not present. It, you know, it, it just, doesn't, just didn't work that time. So putting it in front of different audiences, all of these stories, actually every performance you're learning something different in the way that different people react and they're telling you and that's really what this allows is that all of this verse is actually about Shakespeare directing the actor about how much of a conversation they can engage with with the audience it's mm. about those moments of interaction that create the play the audience are the most important silent character that's wonderful Yes, I can totally see that. That's the way it sort of reinvigorates something that people are may maybe think they're very familiar with. And I should also say, I just say silent character, but like I imagine these young people are the closest we're actually going to get to the real groundlings, who were the people that stood up in the theatre and had the kind of um, the cheap seats and would call out. So, you know, when you've got Hamlet going, am I a coward? You know, he wants people to be like, yeah, you are, you are. So, you know, hopefully we're going to get that that fun back. I mean, it's going to be completely terrifying for the actors because, you know, we've come so far from that now in terms of, you know, making everyone quiet and putting them in a darkened room. And of course, there are moments that I hope that they're spellbound into silence. But like, actually, that conversation that we're going to get um, is what really excites me about the whole thing. Yes, that's fantastic. And that's... That leads us into the other question around kind of, do you think that there's anything that you can do specifically or that you hope to do with the actors to help prepare them for this experience of, of having a, a kind of a really lively and exciting audience to, to work with? No, throw them to the lions. <laughs> uh, no. The ultimate test. <laughs> yeah, the ultimate test. Well, there has been a very rigorous audition process. So we did, at the beginning, have to say, oh, you know this is for young audiences and uh, see if they ran out of the room <laughs> or not. But uh, quite honestly, it, it has meant that they have to be better. They need to be better. They need to be able to get people's attention. They need to be able to also uh, talk over <laughs> over them control know when to improvise along mm. with someone who is you know giving some a bit uh, of heckling a bit of heckling <laughs> or whatever and yeah so really no have have that in their kind of armory as well as be uh, very good at classical text and making it sound like it's new and making it sound and giving it intention like it's something we'd hear every day mm, absolutely i remember going to see um live poetry with a, a class that I was teaching and one of the young people in the audience put up their hand at one point and said um, to the poet on the stage so this line this it means this doesn't it it's it's a mm. it's an example of this and she said 
I've never thought of that before. Mm. But absolutely, that's a brilliant way of reading it. That's really interesting. Yeah. And you could see in that moment exactly the process mm-hmm. you described that it was the whole her work was being reshaped by through this young person's eyes. Yeah. And so it's yeah. great to see that in process. Yeah. Unlike my experience in New York once when I went to see The Tempest and I went to the women's toilets in the interval and overheard people saying, well, I didn't understand it, but I mean, wasn't it, you know, beautiful? I mean, it was just so great. And I thought, you'd never get that from a young audience. No. <laughs> I mean, like, so, so it's all surface, it's all <laughs> yeah. surface. And this is like, this is a big play. And I think this is kind of a, a, a relevant play as well at the moment. Yes, of course. There's a lot of themes in there that, yeah. that young people can identify with just in the context that we're living in. Everything's very unsettled. It's about, it's about tyranny. It's about power. It's about who gets it. It's about how, how you get it. It's about fear. And also my interpretation isn't just like Macbeth's definitely the baddie. I think everyone's the baddie. So it's asking you to reevaluate the stories that you hear and what the truth of those stories might actually be. Brilliant. And are there any particular scenes? There's lots of famous scenes in this play, lots of famous lines. Mm. Are there any particular scenes that you're really excited about and really Mm. looking forward to seeing in motion? Do you know what? Every single scene. I think Macbeth is hands down the best play. And I think it's because every scene gets more and more dramatic. I mean, you start with some witches on stage. (laughs) It's a good start. It's a strong start. It's a really strong start. (laughs) And you think, well, he can't possibly get any more dramatic than this. And then he goes, oh, just going to throw this in. And then I'm just going to throw this in. And then it just escalates. I'm really excited about all of them. Often people say that Macbeth is, you know, very difficult to stage. And I, I, you know, I'm probably going to regret saying this, but I just can't see why. Because, like, all you need to do is, like, give it the most drama. (laughs) Like, just do what it's saying. One of the ones I'm most excited about is I think that the banquet scene with Banquo's ghost is one of the funniest scenes ever written. I don't think it's that terrible. Really? I mean, I think it is. I think there is so much dark humour in mm. Macbeth. Mm. Um, like to see someone else terrified, like you can see. I think Banquo is definitely enjoying himself. <laughs> <laughs> So I think we're going to have a lot of fun there. And I also like the cauldron scene, but not for the reasons that people might might think. I just think it's so over the top. And it's so clear to me that it's a dream. Mm. It's not, because he even says, like halfway through the scene, he's like, he says, I'm going to go and see the witches on the heath. And then that's this kind of ridiculous language that they're using. And it's really all over the top. And then... Uh, there's no scene change, but he they vanish, and he says, "Oh, did you see the witches to some courtier?" And he says, oh, "He says, come in." And went out there. He says, "Oh no, I didn't see him." So it's really obvious he's not on a heath. So I think I think that there's like so much extreme stuff, and I'm hoping people might see the play freshly because I really want to treat this as a new play. And one of the things I do with the actors is I always say, okay, no one is allowed to say what happens next except me when we're reading it through. Mm-hmm. And they have to guess uh, what's going to happen. And it's and by doing that, you read it new and you see how Shakespeare was manipulating his audience as well. Definitely, yes. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing to think about as well in terms of young people who 
will maybe be studying this at school, maybe going into exams. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's really hard to do as a young person learning a play is to, is to find that new way of looking mm. at something and say, actually, you know, when I'm writing about this, I'm going to bring my own ideas and I'm going to bring a different spin on it. Yeah. And I think theatre can be really helpful, you know, actually seeing the play in action and seeing a specific performance rather mm-hmm. than just reading the text can really help you to see something new in it. Mm-hmm. What do you think is really important about actually going to see a live performance rather than, for example, your teacher just showing you the film, one of the many different film versions? I think that the uh, fact that the audience is so present is one of the things. And you are breathing the same air. So if something falls down, everyone is uh, reacting to it. What makes a really good performer is breath. Yeah, It's someone who knows how to use their breath in terms of like how it affects you emotionally, how it gives you thoughts, how you use it so someone doesn't interrupt you. And you just can't really recreate that on film. Mm. You have to be in a room with someone. I once got told that the way to freak someone out is to walk into a room and hold your breath and just pretend that you haven't, yeah? Mm. But automatically, because, you know, we're animals, we'll sense that something is wrong and we won't know what automatically. It is the thing that kind of underlines us and mm. like and le- allows you to read someone and you have this kind of instinct about them or whatever. You're reading not what, the, not what they're saying, but how they're breathing. And Shakespeare's a really good manipulator of when he wants you to breathe and how um, he, that's what he's telling you with the verse. He's directing you to do that. So even more in Shakespeare, but, partic- but in any theatre, to really be part of somebody else breathing and to see how that gives you an access to the workings of their mind is it, there's nothing like it mm. yeah there's so nothing you're feeling like the play it. in a different way that you, you are when you're that's a really good way of putting it kind of you are feeling the play you're not just watching it yeah mm, yeah that's a bit special yeah Last question. There's been quite a lot of talk recently about the idea that art subjects in schools just aren't getting the attention that they have done in the past and that the focus is turning to perhaps subjects that more specifically lead to a job. Uh, STEM subjects are a real focus at the moment. What do you think about that? Do you think we need to have a rethink about the way that we're talking to young people about the arts? I think, you know, you've got your lifetime to work. This isn't, this is, uh, like, in terms of vocation, this isn't, this is about, kind of, life skills. This is about empathy. This is about seeing things from somebody else's perspective. You know, that's what sets apart from animals, is stories and imagination and, you know, the building of those stories. So the arts is going to help in any job you have you know, because it's something that allows you to reach out to other people and allows you to analyse and allows you also just to enjoy life. It really makes my heart sink when I, yeah, think about that people may, may lose that and, and, yeah, what the state of the world will be when we do lose our stories. It's great to see that productions like this are happening that will keep young people's enthusiasm in in drama and in theatre because I 
as you can tell, I'm probably a little bit biased. Former <laughs> English teacher, love her Shakespeare. <laughs> um, so, so the more of this, the better. And it's a, it's a really exciting program, and it sounds like it's going to be a wonderful production. So, thank you so much for telling me a little bit about it. It's been a real pleasure. No problem. Thank you. We love making this podcast. If you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoy making it, there's a few things that you can do. One, subscribe. Hit the subscribe button in iTunes or wherever you're listening. Two, share. Share this episode with someone you know who will find it interesting. Three, review. Write a review or leave a comment. Also, feel free to contact us via the links in the show notes. Thanks a lot.